0: Welcome to Healing Begins. My name is Pastor Gail Kroc, and I'm glad you're listening. And uh, we're going on in a series that I've been doing. I'm going to give you a short review in a second. Before I do, I want to say that this program is brought to you by Family Tree Medical of Hastings, Michigan. And another disclaimer on the program is that we always believe in medication, and you should always go to your doctor when dealing with your healthcare and your medication and or to your psychiatrist when you're dealing with psychiatric medications because if you just try to get off them without the doctor's help, some of them can have uh, quite a big effect on your body as far as withdrawals and different things like that. So always go to your doctor. So we've been talking about reversing the mental health illness process and I first talked about soul slivers and mental health, how our hurting events can deeply affect our mind, will, emotions, and our physical body. Then I talked about reversing the mental health illness process, and I did a teaching called The Heart of Healing. Then I talked about the importance of true identity, and then we last time we talked about changing the way you think All of these programs can be found on the radio's website under podcast. Just go back to the radio's website and you can re-listen to past episodes and past programs. So today, I'm continuing to go on with changing the way you think. Because the way you think will determine and chart a course for the future and the outcome of your life. Pathway number seven, keeping an attitude of gratitude. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that we are to be thankful in all circumstances. Well, excuse me, I don't always feel thankful in all circumstances. Man, it's really difficult, but being thankful, having an attitude of gratitude is so important. You know, your attitude will determine your altitude. It was like the little frog there were two frogs that fell in the can of cream. They kicked and they sputtered and they kicked and they sputtered. And the one little frog said, the world isn't going to miss one more frog. So he gave up and he died. The other frog said, I'm not going to give up. The world isn't going to miss one more frog. But I refuse to give up. He kicked and he sputtered and he kicked and he sputtered and he turned the cream to butter and hopped out. So his attitude helped him to... Get out of the situation and the circumstances that he was in. And just like you and I, our attitude of gratitude, being thankful. You know, I learned the old hymn growing up. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. So I just really want to encourage you to have an attitude of gratitude. You might say, Lord, I need your help. You know, breaking out of a bad attitude can be extremely difficult, but with uh, the Lord's help, you can do it. Pathway number eight, there is power in our words. says in Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death is in the tongue, and you can eat the fruit thereof. And I want to say this, don't speak words of death over your life. Don't, don't say, oh, I'm going to get sick. I know it. Oh, I know I'm going to be a failure. I'm not going to make it. You got to start speaking words of life. And you need to say, Lord, forgive me. I break the power of my own words. And don't don't speak words of death over yourself. And don't speak them over your kids and your friends. Start speaking words of death that bring life, that bring hope, and bring encouragement. Pathway number nine, there is power in speaking God's word. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 11, that when God's word goes out from his mouth, it will not return empty. It will go and it will accomplish the purpose that God has sent it for. So speaking God's word, There is power in God's word. Another reason there's so much power in God's word is simply this. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 20 that the angels do the word of God. So when we speak God's word, what will happen is the angels will listen and hear and be dispatched and go do what you're praying about. But the Bible also says in Matthew chapter 5 verses 20. 3 through 24, you can look that up later, that when we're going to believe for something from God, when we're speaking God's word, when we're asking that the mountains be removed in our life, we also got to be walking in forgiveness with other people. You can't say to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and be walking in unforgiveness at the very same time. In Matthew chapter 5, it talks about, you know, speaking to the mountain and commanding it to be removed. And then the very next verse, in verse 23, it says, if you have anything against your neighbor, get leave your gift at the altar and go your way and make it right. Now there is a reason that that's in the Bible that way. And the reason for it is simply this. God wants you to know he wants to remove the mountains in your way. He wants your words to have power. And he wants when you speak God's word, to have power. But you got to be walking in forgiveness with those that have hurt you. Pathway 10, we can overcome and resist temptation. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has given you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but also will with the temptation provide a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, overcoming temptation takes time. And especially if you're dealing with an addiction, you might find yourself falling down and getting up, falling down and getting up, falling into that same old trap. But I want to say never, never, never quit. Never, never, never give up. And the Bible says that God always provides a way out and that he will give you the power to resist. And the Lord wants you to know you're not the only one going through the temptation that you're in because the Bible says the temptations are common to man. And what that means is that there are things that people have gone through in temptations and there have been people that have overcome and got the victory and so can you. And then in James chapter 1 verse 14 it tells us that many of our own temptations come out of our own evil desires. So we need to really keep track of who we're keeping company with, who might be drawing us back into some of our old evil desires. But maybe we need to think about what our evil desires are, then find scriptures that address those evil desires. And when we're being tempted, um, just to be able to use those scriptures to fight against the evil desires. Then pathway 11, we need to be careful with who we keep company with. You know, 1 Corinthians 15:33 says, "Bad morals corrupt good character." And then it says in Proverbs 13:20, "Keep company with the wise and you will be wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you'll be ruined." And so, we need to really be careful who we're talking to, who we're hanging out with, and we need to begin to find a new circle of friends. I don't know if you have a church home, but man, find a church home. Find a small group. Find people you can connect in with. It'll make a huge difference in your life. So it doesn't matter how good you think you are. If you start hanging out with the wrong people that are doing the wrong things, sooner or later you will fall into the same traps. Pathway number 12, we can have hope going through adversities and trials. In James chapter 1, It talks about that we are considerate pure joy, brothers, when we face trials of many kinds, because we know the testing of our faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that we can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I want to share this. The key um, to going through a trial is going through it with the right attitude. That's the key. Being able to go through the trial and not get a bad attitude, but to say, Lord, I know you're going to get me through this, but help me to keep a good attitude. Help me to learn all the lessons. And help me, Lord, to be able to tap into your presence and to have a good attitude so I don't have to go through this mountain again. And so... There is always hope when going through trials. It'll help you gain perseverance and if gone through the right way maturity. Now, pathway number 13. We can have peace in the midst of the storm. I'm looking at three scripture references right now. Isaiah 26:3, John 14:27, and John 16:33. Isaiah 26, 3 says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. John 14, 27 says, My peace I give you, my peace I leave you, not as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid. John sixteen thirty three, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Take heart. I, Have overcome the world. If you want to keep your peace, these scriptures have one thing in common. You can have your peace as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus. So many times we're going through things that things happen and it's like being hit. I don't know if you've ever had someone hit you in a vehicle, it's like it just really knocks you off course. Well, things can happen in our life that knock us off course that cause us not to keep our eyes on Jesus. But I'm telling you, um, put your eyes right back, right back on the Lord. Don't, don't have your eyes on the waves and the winds. Don't have your eyes on your circumstances. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and I know that's very difficult. Pathway 14, we can have freedom from all fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hath not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. It's interesting. It calls it a spirit of fear. Now, we have a spirit. We have a human spirit. And we know there are evil spirits. So a spirit of fear, you can ask the Lord to bind it, take it away, and you can give that right back to the feet of Jesus and let him have it. But if you are binding fear and giving it back to the Lord, then you must also change what you're thinking on. Go back to Philippians chapter 4, meditate on it, memorize it, and make sure you have it in your mind and in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And when we have God's word in our heart, we can use it when we're in the midst of the storm. Pathway 15, God gives us the promise of sleep. Oh man, sleep's important. I love laying down at night and being able to go to sleep. And you're listening to this program in the middle of the night and you're thinking, wow, I'm awake. I have a hard time sleeping. The Bible says in Proverbs three twenty four, you will not be afraid when you go to bed. You will sleep soundly through the night. And so the thing that you want to do is say, if you can't sleep at night, what are you thinking about? What is it that you're causing you to stay awake? You might have to go back to Pathway 5 and cast your cares on the Lord, which is a daily process. You might have to go back and on the radio station's website and listen to some of the other programs and begin to help yourself and educate yourself on what you can do to keep your mind peaceful. You know, he says in Psalms 4.8, you will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, allow me to dwell in safety. So God Promises sweet sleep. Pathway 16. We can achieve victory through spiritual warfare. Yes, I believe in spiritual warfare. I believe there's devils, demons, angels, Jesus. And the good news is 2,000 years ago, Jesus won the victory on the cross through his death and resurrection. So you can achieve victory through spiritual warfare. You say, what are some of our different Weapons. Well, you have the armor of God, you have the blood of Jesus, you have the name of Jesus, you have the confession of sin. Oh, yeah, that's a weapon too, because if the enemy's got a stronghold in your life and you repent of it and you ask God to forgive you and you turn from it, the enemy loses his hold. Prayer and fasting, praise and worship, and the taking of communion. All of these are different weapons you can use to win victory in your situation when you're under spiritual warfare. Now the Bible says in Hebrews 1.14 that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. And God wants to help you. You can ask the Lord in Psalm, I think it's 34 verse 7 says that the angel of the Lord encamps around those that love and fear him. And he delivers them so you can ask the Lord to send his angels to help you. Pathway 17, putting the past behind you. You can't get into the future hanging on to the past. You've got to put it behind you. You might have to come in for healing from the wounds of the past, but you can definitely go forward and leave the past behind. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12-14 through 14 says, I do not claim to have already obtained all this. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the mark, the high calling of Christ Jesus. So every time you're going to try to go forward, the enemy will throw your past and your present. He will try to get you to focus on it, to fixate on it. He'll try to convince you you can't get past it. And your future is not available to you. I've got good news. You can get healing from the past. Jesus came to set us free, and He came to heal us. You might have to get a hold of spiritual care consultants, 269 929 2901 in Hastings, and sign up for an appointment to get healing from your past. We don't have you relive the past, we have a process where we take the past to the cross. In Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, and I'm not going to read this, there was a man that lived in the tombs and cut himself with stones. Day and night he would cry out and cut himself with stones. In this scripture, the word tombs is used several times, and it means to build a monument in your mind to a painful event and to live in that place of pain over and over and over. If you do that, it becomes a place of death, demonic torment, and you need healing from that. So if your past is keeping you from your future, I have good news. You can be healed, you can get free of it, and you can have the life that God has for you. Pathway 19, God gives us a promise of restoration. You know, in Revelation 21, 5, he who sits on the throne says, I am making all things new. He said, write these things down because these words are trustworthy and true. Man, I've got good news for you. God's got good news for you now. He's got hope for you now. He's got restoration for you now. Today, he wants you to start walking in the fullness that God has for you. So I just want to encourage you again to go back and listen to past programs. In our final pathway, Pathway 20, God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, says, Know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Some virgins say, an expected end. Now, if you're living and breathing and listening to me tonight, your future still awaits you. you I know what you're saying. You don't know what I've done. You don't know all my failures. You don't know all my mistakes. And I want to say you're right. I don't know all those things, but I do know this. I know the one who can take all those things that you've done that you feel can never be redeemed. And I know him. His name is Jesus. He has a way of going back into your past and bringing healing and life to you And he has a way of bringing healing and restoring all the years the locusts have eaten. The years you thought nothing good could ever come out of. He has a way of redeeming it, healing it, and taking you from your past and bringing you in your future. And he has a way to make your misery, your ministry, and in the end you can wind up helping people to get out of the very same things that you were trapped in at one time. But I want to say this. You and I must take the time to go back and get healing in our life from the past, those things that are still healed. You know, Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing in common with me. So many times when we're trying to help people, get out of the darkness, but we got the same darkness in us, then we lack authority to help them. If you're talking to someone who's an alcoholic and you're still struggling with alcohol, you're going to lack authority. So it's time to go back and get healed up and get redeemed from the things of the past. God can help you. I remember a young man And he doesn't mind me using his testimony. His name is Jason. He was a military uh, veteran. And he had been in black ops. And he had done several things behind enemy lines. And he had so much pain and torment, he never thought he could ever be healed and get to his future. And I got news for you. He at one time was on, on like 15 psychotropics. Today he's healed up his PTSD is gone. And we worked with this psychiatrist and he got off all the medication he was on. Now, I know what some of you are thinking out there today. This is a little bit too good to be true. You know, nothing is impossible with God. And I remember when I taught him the new pathways, he took the time. I never had anyone ever do this. He took the time to write out everything I said word for word. And when I asked him why he did that, He said, well, they told us in the military, you read this manual or it might cost you your life. He said, we read every word of that manual. He said, I'm taking the same approach with you. Now, he had been in 20 years of counseling, but he hadn't gone nowhere. And he came through spiritual care within about 15 to 18 months. He had totally recovered from the past at one time His family said they would never be back together with him because they were afraid of him. Now he got his family back. He got his son back. He got his life back. It kind of sounds like a country song could be wrote about his life. And now his misery is his ministry. Now he ministers to his wife and his family and his son. And now he ministers to the homeless on the streets. He has had a total transformation happen in his life. And what I want to leave you with today in the same transformation is available for you. Now, this is the end of our series on, re- really, on overarching title, Reversing Mental Health Illness. But I want to pray for you today. Lord, I pray for all those that are under the sound of my voice that you would give them new hope, new strength, and encouragement. Help them to believe in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that the plans you have for them are good. Plans to prosper them and give them a hope in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. God bless and have a good night.